You are listening to the National University Podcast. Hello, I'm Kimberly King. Welcome to the National University Podcast, where we offer a holistic approach to student support, well-being, and success, the whole human education. We put passion into practice by offering accessible, achievable, higher education to lifelong learners. On today's episode, we're discussing ChatGPT and how it is being used in education. And joining us is Dr. Ron Ulig. Dr. Ulig is currently the chair at the Department of Engineering at National University School of Technology and Engineering. From 2010 to 2014, he served as Dean, School of Business and Management. He returned to the engineering faculty in 2014 as an academic program director for the Bachelor of Science in Computer Science program, responsible for the successful effort to secure ABET accreditation for that program. During 2005 to 2010, he served in multiple positions, including chair of the Department of Computer Science and Information Systems and academic program director for the Master of Science in Wireless Communications, as well as principal investigator for two Hewlett-Packard Technology for Teaching grants. Wow. He currently teaches courses in cybersecurity, engineering management, engineering economics, technology and globalization, and computer ethics. And we welcome you to the podcast, Dr. Ron Hewling. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Yes. Wow. This is impressive and how relevant uh, with what's going on in the world. So why don't you fill our audience a little bit in on your mission and your work before we get to today's show topic? Well, as chair of the Department of Engineering, I have four different degree programs. One is a Bachelor of Science in Electrical and Computer Engineering, another one in Manufacturing Design Engineering, and uh, one in Construction Management, Construction Engineering and Construction Management. And then we have a uh, Master of Science in Engineering Management. And uh, we're looking at some other engineering degrees also to offer in the near future, we hope. Wonderful. Well, this is uh, an amazing topic, and we're talking about chat GPT in particular and AI text generators. And so, Dr. Hulig, what is generative artificial intelligence? Well, uh, generative AI is a a term that we use for uh, using computer software to generate um, text, but also images, music, you name it, whatever a computer can do, yeah. um, you can get computer software to come up with, come up with it. Can it wash dishes? I'm sorry? <laughs> can it wash the dishes or do our laundry? <laughs> not yet, right? No, not, not quite yet. <laughs> but, um, uh, I mean, it, 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 it includes audio. It can even do computer code. Wow. Um, so, um, that has, that has a lot of people watching very carefully, too. A lot of programmers watching. Absolutely. Very carefully. What, well, so we're hearing all about this chat GPT, and, and what are some of the ways large language models are going to be employed in business? Well, people are already starting to use them for all kinds of uh, applications. Um, there was kind of an interesting article recently um, that uh, McKinsey & Company did. They actually said to Chat GTP, uh, tell us what uh, what the uh, impact is going to be on business of Chat GPT, and uh, Chat GPT came back saying, "The rise of generative AI has the potential to be a major game changer for businesses." Wow! 
Um, they talked about um, has the power to revolutionize industries tra and transform the way companies operate. So people are giving it some pretty big uh, <laughs> um, thoughts as to what, what it can do. Uh, for example, um, it can increase efficiency, increase productivity, reduce costs, um, open up new opportunities for growth. Um, it's being used in marketing and sales, in operations, in information technology and engineering, particularly in writing, um, risk and legal, research and development. All of those have applications of ChatGPT. It is truly amazing, and I've been reading a little bit about what is ChatGPT going to be doing in uh, in hospitals or with doctors in the medical industry as well? So businesses all around. Yes, all kinds of businesses. You name it. Uh, <laughs> it's really just a matter of providing the training data for ChatGPT to work with, to draw from. Wow. Can large language models make mistakes? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's the they, they can and they do. Um, the term that's being used right now in the industry is that it can hallucinate, oh. <laughs> which is kind of a funny term. Um, but it can come back with information that's not accurate. Mm -hmm. It can come back with information that's just plain wrong. Um, I've seen it. I've seen people ask ChatGPT to uh, to write a report for them. In in the normal, you know, like a, a technical paper. And it will generate references, and sometimes those references don't exist. Mm. Uh, so, so you really have to be rather careful with it because there, there aren't filters yet. Probably the most dangerous is that there, there aren't filters to, that, that can remove inappropriate mm. responses or inappropriate language. So you have to be very careful. Um, it may say something that you don't want your company, for example, to say if you're using it to generate text um, for your company. Um, biases can exist. It's basically trained on the data that, on, on, on everything that we have in everyday life. And whatever biases exist in contemporary culture will exist or can exist in what gets produced by ChatGPT as well. Hmm. So um, one really has to be careful. Um, it, it can also plagiarize. Hmm. Um, because it's, it's going in and looking at whatever is out there. Um, it may not even tell you that it's plagiarizing. So you have to be rather careful about that. Students that's, have to be particularly careful. I was careful. just going to say that's my next question is what should students know about AI and large language models and about that plagiarism, plagiarism with ChatGPT? Well, there are a lot of positives about ChatGPT and these kinds of tools. I, I do want to say ChatGPT isn't the only one, but it's probably the one that's gotten the most press. On the positive side, ChatGPT can give students ideas on how to express um, uh, thoughts. It can, if it's used as uh, in, in the form of, tell me how I might say this, and then the student takes that and paraphrases it themselves, then it can be very helpful. It can help them think about it in ways that they may not have thought about it before. For example, kind of like working with another student, with a fellow student, mm -hmm. uh, working together. Um, on the other side of it, people need to be aware that there's no ethics built into this. 
there's no morals built into it uh, because computers don't have any morals. They just follow whatever their program tells them to do, and they don't have any experience of the world. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the student has to come in. The student has to learn, really learn how to use this and, uh, and not just kind of use it blindly. More like a guideline. Um, yes. And then something to prompt their imagination to continue writing about it, but not for the value that it just gave you. You don't take it for that value. You need to proofread. Exactly. Yeah, proofread and think about right. <laughs> what's being said. Do you, do you really agree with what it's saying? I mean, I get in trouble if I send out a talk to text on my, on my phone and I don't proofread that. And what if I send it and it said something completely what I didn't say? <laughs> so that to me is the very basic level. Yes. Um, that's not necessarily a thought, but that's just trying to copy what I'm trying to yes. reiterate there or send. And oh. if I don't uh, take a look carefully, who knows what I just said, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Did I say that? <laughs> right. Right. We have to be very careful. And then so students, yeah, they need to make sure that they're engaged and that they are watching everything. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Can ChatGPT AI also be used to complete assignments? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I've just been working with a group of um, fellow professors. Uh, we've, we've prepared a paper that I'll, I will we'll be presenting at the... Uh, uh, the annual conference this year of the American Society for Engineering Education. And uh, one of the things we did in putting this paper together was we we uh, got some of the questions that students have to answer in what we call discussion boards in National University online classes in cybersecurity. And so we, uh, we as the prompt to ChatGPT, we put in the question exactly in the form that it appears to the students in their assignment, and ChatGPT came back with some very good answers. Um, and uh, so, in fact, it would pretty be very difficult to know um, that it was written by ChatGPT instead of by the individual student. Wow. And that raises a lot of questions in, in itself. Um, we also tested the ability of ChatGPT to write code. Mm. And it was given the instruction to write a particular kind of neur- code for a neural network, a simple neural network. It did a great job. Wow. Um, not only did a good job, but it also produced the kind of notes that programmers sometimes skip over. Mm. Um, so it did a really super job of producing the code. Um but we found that when we gave it more complicated coding assignments, um, it made mistakes. Uh, it, it wasn't perfect. So once again, um, you really need the human being to be in the loop. What? Um, just a question for you, since you have provided this for your classroom. What are the guidelines or the guideposts for the rules? And is every school different that that allows GP, a uh, Chat GPT, or is it allowed? Or how can you tell? Well, this is going to vary with university. Yeah. <laughs> At National University right now, we haven't uh, come up with any general rules. Um, some people, some professors don't want a lot to be used at all. It, of course, depends on the kind of class. Right. I'm talking primarily about engineering, computer science, right. technology classes. 
that's a different matter than if you're taking an English class. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Know, so, um, but uh, I, I, um, I believe that ChatGPT can be a great collaborator. Mm-hmm. Um, used. And, and that's the guideline, if used properly, mm-hmm. to use it that way. Um, but you, sh- you really need to acknowledge that you've used it uh, and let people know. Um, this is an issue by itself. Um, some people, some, I, I've seen, in fact, uh, an example where a student was suspected of using ChatGPT to write an assignment, and the professor wanted to give them a zero. And uh, we said, wait a minute. Um, yes, I know that the detector said that there's a probability that it used it, but the problem is, uh, up until very recently, the detectors have been coming up with a very high rate of what we call false positives. Hmm. In other words, about 10% of the time, even though the student hasn't used ChatGPT, it'll come back and say that they have. Really? And and uh, you, <laughs> so you're going to get in real trouble then. You're going to cause real harm to a student if you mark them down and they haven't used it. Um, that's not right either. So, right. Well, okay, a question for you. What if you have a, a classroom of 25 students, say, and you give them the same assignment and they all plugged in to chat GPT? Would they come up with the same answers? Um, they might if they gave it exactly the same prompt. Does it take into consideration the person's cadence or or beliefs as you say or there I, I think no it, what it takes what it goes by is whatever prompt you've given it okay so, so it's if, black and if white one stuff. student says it a little differently than another student then it's they're going to get a little different answer oh that that would be an interesting class just yes, right there, in there just to see what comes out you know what yeah. is the it's so interesting um can ai tools like chat gpt pass exams absolutely yes yeah. uh, there have been some major studies done and this has changed in the last, oh, I'm going to say two months. Uh, I can't remember the exact date when GPT-4 came out. GPT first kind of uh, hit the headlines last November, and then it was GPT-3.5. A new version came out recently, and this new version is incredibly good at passing exams. MBA exams, bar exams, um, medical, exams. medical exams, really? all kinds of things. Yeah. I think I'm going to go to medical school. Then. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. You know, and I was just telling this story that back in, back in the day, it sounds like I'm, you know, so long ago, but it was before phone, cell phones, before that you had Google at your fingertips. And I was a speech communication major. And literally I would come in, the professor would say, you have five minutes and you need to research this and you need to be able to argue on both sides which think about that without a cell phone today. I mean, I think we're all spoiled. I had to actually do the deep dive, you know, but this is fascinating. So you can pass exams. This is great information and I can talk to you for hours. We're going to have to take a quick break, but stay with us. We have more in just a moment with uh, Dr. Euler. And now a national university tip on getting started. For me personally, I knew I wanted to pursue an education due to what I wanted to do in in life. But if I had to look back at somebody in my same position, I would tell them, for one, get rid of every reason why you can't go to school. Just deciding and then committing to it 
the first place to start is what do you enjoy? What do you care about? And if there's a degree that you know you can translate that into, then let's go after that. If you're unsure, talk to somebody who's currently in school. If you're serving with somebody who's going to school, talk to them about it and what their experience is like. The thing is, I truly believe as far as the general education, it's a perfect time to develop an understanding of what you want to do. It helps you figure out what you want to do. There's always going to be room to adjust, to make changes. And so looking at anybody who was sitting in my position and they're thinking about going to school, I would tell them to go down to that college office. They can guide you and, and help you figure out what it is or ways that you can make it happen. And now back to our interview with Dr. Ronald Ulig, and we're discussing chat GPT and how large language models work. And doctor, this is so interesting. How are people reacting? Well, as with any major development like this, you've got all the extremes. Um, some people are saying it's cheating, ban it. And some whole school districts have done that, um, public school districts. Um, other people are saying, this is the answer to all of our problems. And as usual, neither extreme <laughs> is right. Right. Uh, and most of us are probably somewhere in the middle, leaning one way or the other, but, but somewhere in the middle. Um, I like to think about it as the, similar to the debate when calculators were introduced into the classroom mm. 25, 30 years ago, you know, and, and uh, some teachers said, no, 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 you can't do this. Nowadays, everybody uses a calculator. Right. It's you know? built, yeah, it's uh, true. And, and, and teachers wouldn't think of banning it from the classroom. Uh, at least I don't think many would. Um, so we've, we kind of figured out, yeah, we can manage to automate that part of our tool without losing our humanity, so to speak. Right. Um, so um, the, the biggest impact, the biggest concern, some people are saying, well, we can't give exams anymore. Uh, because people can take can take the exam using ChatGPT, so we can't use them to assess knowledge. Um, one one writer said, uh, "It's amazing. It's better than the average MBA." <laughs> wow! <laughs> so, um, so I, I I like to think of it as a partner. You know, there are some things that we're some things that we we really are good at as humans that computers just can't do. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it needs to be a partnership. What AI does well, what artificial intelligence does well, and what humans do. They're not exactly the same thing. So what kind of partnerships can we develop? How do, how do we work together? But we do need to teach students how to use these tools, um, and we're just learning ourselves what are the best ways to do it. I, I'm sure we haven't come close to exploring all of them yet. But at the same time, business is putting them into use. Mm -hmm. it's, for example, we've got to generate a new ad um, by, by the end of the day today. Well, what are you going to do? You're probably going to use for, you're probably going to ask ChatGPT to give you your first copy. And you said in the very beginning about being more efficient, uh, cost savings. So yes. get rid of the ad agency and bring on <laughs> ChatGPT. Or, or, you know, the other thing, I guess. The skepticism on my behalf on coming from me would be, are we dumbing down 
are we dumbing down ourselves by by leaning on chat GPT? Well, I mean, I would go back to the calculator example. Mm -hmm. Have we dumbed ourselves down by by not insisting that everyone know their multiplication tables right. anymore? Right. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> I like your your idea of the partnership, and I think that's what we have to think of moving forward. Yeah. Is you know we add what we get from the Chat GPT, but you have to humanize it as well. Yes. Yeah. Should yeah. the use of Chat GPT by students be cons- by students be considered cheating? If they do it without letting you know that they've used it, yes, it is cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I mentioned before the paper that uh, we've written that I'll be presenting at the conference in June. And um, I, I actually did an ethical analysis there. I, when you mentioned earlier, okay, I teach computer ethics sometimes. And uh, so I used two different kinds of ethical theories. Um, um, one of them is um, rule-based, and, uh, and the other one is called utilitarianism. And no matter how we looked at it, yes, it's cheating. Uh, you can look at it from different perspectives, but either either the student is cheating themselves out of knowledge that they should be learning that they're not learning, or they're cheating society right. out of knowledge. And either one, no matter how you look at it, yes, it is a form of cheating if you hide the fact that you've used ChatGPT to do it. It's yeah, that pla- it goes back to that plagiarism. How do you think educators would assess a student who's taking an online exam versus taking it in person? Wouldn't it be easier to use AI tools online? Um, probably so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have to say so. But, you know, um, online is, is really, well, particularly for National University and for our working adult uh, students, which is the largest part of our student body, uh, they need that flexibility. Mm-hmm. So um, rather than saying you can't use ChatGPT, what we need to do is figure out the best way for you to use it. And you kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but uh, about the AI tools by students, can they be detected by instructors? And that, I know you, you kind of walked into that, and talked about that a little bit. Y- yes, they're getting better. Uh, I said... The, the, uh, the tool, uh, there was about a 10% false positive rate. I just learned a couple of days ago that they've got that down to a much smaller percentage now. I think it's, I don't know, it's somewhere around 2 or 3% now. Mm. But it can still make mistakes. And, you know, I, I'm not sure that I'm willing to accuse a student um, for the sake of that 2 or 3%. Right. False positive rate. The slippery slope right now, isn't it? it, it, It's just dangerous. But, yeah, you can, more and more you can probably detect it. Actually, the paper that I mentioned, we we asked it first. We asked one of the detectors, was the, uh, what did it say that the response that was generated by the, to the discussion board question uh, what was the probability that it was generated by by uh, AI? And it said 98.8%. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we were pretty sure that that. And then we said, well, what about this paper? And it came back 20% probability that our paper was written by AI. Mm. And the reason that I think it was that high was because we 
had a lot of quotes of what GPT came back with mm. embedded in the paper. So 20, probably 20% of the paper was responses from GPT. So if you had, if you were a professor and you wanted to go back and see if anybody, you know, detect if it had been, the papers were written by AI, uh, you had a specific question, and it kind of goes back to what I asked you earlier. Do the professors now go into AI and ask that the given question just to double check? A few of them are starting to. Okay. Just starting to. People, um, people don't know exactly where to go for these tools yet. Yeah. Um, National University uses a, a software tool called Turnitin for plagiarism detection. Yeah. And Turnitin has now added... It's my understanding. I haven't seen it yet. Turnitin has added a, a, a chat GPT detection tool. Mm. I don't know how good it is. Um, I think that's the one that was 10%, but I'm not sure of that. So um, uh, 10% false positive. But anyway, um, there are a lot of people working on it. And I think these tools will become available, uh, generally available to professors in the next year or so. That's mm. my guess. Okay. Uh, if we are creating assignments that can be answered by AI, are we really helping students learn? Well, <laughs> I mean, that's really the, the, the fundamental question. Mm -hmm. um, I like to think, um, as an academic, um, my first job is to, my job is to impart some skills or help students gain the skills that they need to do their work. But that means that I've got to give some confidence to them that they know how to use the tools that they need to do, whatever we're training them to do or whatever we're educating them to do. And um, so we've, we've heavily used written assignments, written papers in the past for assessment. I think we've got to change the way we assess. Um, we can't rely as much on papers uh, writing a paper about a topic as the only way we're going to assess a student in the future. Uh, so we have to, there are various tools like problem-based learning, um, case studies, and even hands-on assignments and exams, uh, working together in small groups, uh, that kind of thing. We, we're going to have to broaden the way we do the assessments in the future. Uh, but as I say, it's not just for me to say, yes, that you've passed this exam, you get this degree, but equally important is imparting to the student the confidence that they know how to do what they need to know how to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and be able to move into the future um, with those tools. Yes. So how could AI tools be used? How else can they be used in education? Well, um, I, as I think I mentioned earlier, I like to think of the AI tools as a new form of collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of assignments, particularly in, the, in engineering and in the technology and school of technology and engineering, a lot of group projects. And so I like to think of the AI tool as another member of the group mm -hmm. uh, that I'm going to consult with. Um, I may ask, ask, even ask it to write a, a section of whatever it is that I'm working on or whatever it is that we're working on as a group. Um, as long as you acknowledge that this particular contribution came from AI, it's just like putting acknowledgement in a paper. I mean, I do that all the time. Um, 
Professor so-and-so. Uh, I, I learned this or I heard this from Professor so-and-so. Uh, so I learned this by using AI. Um, and, and students should discuss what they learned, um, what, what kind of lesson that they got, what, what kind of uh, insight they got from using the artificial intelligence tool, whether it's ChatGPT or something else. Um, I think that, that uh, higher education is going to need to focus on new methods and mechanisms for assessing student learning, uh, as I've already mentioned. Um, but it's clear that AI can show students different ways to express ideas and to structure their assignments. I read a wonderful article recently about a um, young woman who... Uh, her native language was French, and she was using ChatGPT uh, with her classes to translate the assignments into French. She would write them in French and then use ChatGPT to translate them back into English. Wow. Uh, and It just made a huge difference. And uh, I thought, wow, th- I mean, that's, that's the kind of positive right. uh, things that we're looking for, um, not just... French, of course, but and all any, the any language. <laughs> right. I mean, think of the issues that we have with classrooms now, multiple languages and the struggles that some of our teachers go through in, mm-hmm. in uh, classrooms with mul- students with multiple languages. What, a, what an opportunity. Right. Keeping the language barriers uh, at yes. bay as long as, yeah, it's a correct translation. But, yeah, that's incredible. Large language models like ChatGPT are changing the world significantly. How is that? Well, I think all the things that we've talked about today, I mean, it has an impact on business. It has an impact on education. It has an impact on medicine. It has an, you name it, (laughs) whatever you want to, whatever area you want to look at. Um, You have to watch out for all of the dangers that we've mentioned. Mm -hmm. It can produce wrong answers. It can produce references that don't exist, uh, all of those kinds of things. So we've got to be sensitive to that. But uh, one author actually went so far as to say this is as important as the invention of the printing press. Really? That absolutely floored me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I hadn't thought of it in quite those terms. But, you know, if you think about... Um, how how it how the printing press broadened access to information. Um, I can see this has the potential to have a huge impact. It's going to de- very much depend on the directions that we take uh, over the next few years. And it makes me think about this question you may or may not know the answer to, but if this author is referencing the printing press, how long has ChatGPT been, in not necessarily in existence, but in an idea that has come to fruition? You know, I, I don't know how long Microsoft was working or OpenAI. Mm-hmm. Uh, my impression is it's a few years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's only a few years. So. <laughs> how fast it's gone, huh? But, uh, well, I mentioned earlier before we started talking today that uh, I had a friend years ago who made the comment that Whatever you do, technology enables you to do more of it faster. Yes. And so once again, we've come, we've 
got a new tool that is going to enable us to do more of what we do and to do it faster. And if we do bad things with it, we can do more bad things faster. Mm. And if we do good things with it, we can do more good things with it. The technology itself is not where the problem lies. <laughs> I 100% agree with you on that. I wonder if these AI tools will homogenize information, and that is with one all, will we be getting one point of view, or how can we make sure to use these tools in the best way possible? Uh, that That's going to be an issue because uh, I read it. I read a uh, an, an, a story about someone who put into, I believe it was into ChatGPT, asked them for an analysis of the performance of the current and the past president. Mm-hmm. And um, they didn't say what the analysis said, but they commented that it reflected um, what's out. Bias. The, the biases that are out in the internet. And I can imagine that it would have. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> um, ChatGPT and tools like it are going to come back with whatever is out there in contemporary culture. Um, and it's going to be important, as it always is, that we reflect all the different views. Mm-hmm. That's going to be... Um, what's your best advice to users of these AI models? Um, number one, acknowledge that you're using it. Number two, read it carefully. Mm-hmm. Make sure you actually agree with what it says. Uh, if you've generated some references, check to make sure they exist. Uh, and uh, um, check out what it says with some friends and some peers and <laughs> yeah. other people. Uh, before you uh, before you publish it, <laughs> do your research right. Well, this has been fascinating. I could talk to you all day. Uh, thank you so much for your time. And if you want more information, you can visit National University's website nu.edu. And uh, Dr. Ulig, we look forward to your next visit. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the National University podcast. For updates on future or past guests, visit us at nu.edu. You can also follow us on social media. Thanks for listening.